Welcome to episode 52 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Back on camera, folks. Uh, Josh Roberts joining us once again at Roberts for- number 49 on Twitter. How's everyone doing? And Calvin, unfortunately, was stuck up with something, so he'll, he'll probably be returning next week. Uh, so, yeah. Got our substitute in again. <laughs> uh, back by popular demand, Josh Roberts. Um, so, not too much going on from a news standpoint this week. We're probably going to dive right into the slate because uh, we don't want to have a two-hour show every single week. Uh, just a couple things. The Jackie Love news that we talked about and hypothe- hypothesized about last week did end up coming true. Uh, Jackie Love to top esports. This one's really, really interesting because of a lot of things we talked about last week. Uh, so far, Fodic has been playing still, and I, I don't know if you guys think the same thing as, as I do, but I kind of think this is a summer move. Like, I don't know if he's going to play this split, even in playoffs. That's hard to say. I mean, it depends how they're performing. Like, they lost this morning to WE. If they pick up another, like, hard loss somewhere, I could definitely see him just shoving him right in there. Yeah. Maybe. I think it's... I would have expected them to install him by last last two games, or at least last night. That was a good point to just try him out. But um, I feel like Vince now is probably more of a summer move than anything. You're muted, Josh. Oh, well, I'll let him figure out his audio issue. Yeah, you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. you're good, you're good, you're good. Uh, I was going to say, I kind of want to punt it back to you, Vince. Uh, from a coaching standpoint... You know, what What does it look like trying to put someone in, like, mid-split like that? I mean, I know ADC is generally kind of a plug-and-play position, but how would that look in the team situation there for league? Yeah, so for – I've actually answered this question a handful of times already this week. Like, basically since the news got announced, everyone was like, oh, this Jackie Love guy is, like, really good. He's a world champion and everything. And my bias or opinions on Jackie Love aside, just in general in this kind of situation, it's, it's really difficult to emulate – playing with the player you're laning with and playing on a team no matter what position you're you're playing. So simply just like installing unless it's a massive, massive upgrade, which I don't know if if that's the case here. Unless it's like a like a strict massive upgrade, it's not necessarily always going to be beneficial because you, you can't just replace five hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred, you know, games playing together with a team. Like the communication, how they're doing everything this player's tendencies, because there's a lot of that kind of stuff that even if you're not communicating, you just pick up on from playing together, like chemistry kind of stuff. And especially in the bottom lane, we have it's a literal duo lane. Uh, Photic has played with both of these supports that Top have played with, right? I mean, I know they're mostly going with Chocho, but, like, he's played with both supports. Uh, it's it's very difficult to emulate that kind of situation. If I think if we do see Jackie Love play, it'll probably be with um, the other support. Because, like, that would be the easiest way to practice would be to have both bottom lanes, like, practice separately to be the most efficient with your time. But it's really difficult to install someone like that. Like, this is – especially now where – I mean, I've been saying it all season long. It's less about individual ability this season than it's been more or less ever, I think. I mean, there's probably a couple spots, but it's more about team play and communication objective control and all that. So I think that is going to – like, just overall communication is going to matter so much more than any you know one specific player upgrade in this case, which is why I'm I'm thinking 
unless they go on like some crazy losing streak, I, I think I think TOP are probably just going to be sticking with Photo for the rest of the season. And we talked a lot about this last week. I don't want to I don't want to like go too crazy rehashing everything, but. Now that it's official, I just want to bring it back up again. Cause, and it's something that a lot of people have been asking. I'm sure you guys have gotten questions about it on Twitter and everything too. Like, everyone's hype on Jackie Love, but like, we don't know, we don't know what kind of form Jackie Love's in. Like, we don't know if he's been practicing a lot. Maybe he has been. Maybe he's like a god or something and, and has been jamming games and he's killing it and like he's ready to roll. But we've never seen him outside of the context of one of the best teams of all time. So like, we, and I would argue that he was the worst player on that team. Yeah, he had his games, but it was definitely like among the people that you would have considered. Like, I can't believe they got rid of Ning. Yeah. Like, I actually thought Ning was like maybe the best player with the shy on that team when they were winning. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Jackie Love definitely. We're not sure if he's going to be great or not. Yeah, like clearly he's good. Like he's a world champion. He's he's a yeah, certain he's, amount good from being a world championship. Like you you don't get carried on a world yeah, championship team. Like, he, everyone's good, all right? But, like, I just have – like, we don't know. We've never seen him outside of that context. So we don't know how good he actually is. We don't know how much he was getting carried by his situation, and we don't know if he's been in form recently. So there's just a lot of question marks to me. Like, it, it kind of reminds me – this whole situation weirdly kind of reminds me of the Colin Kaepernick situation where it's like – obviously there's there's social issues going on that you could talk about with that, but, like – at some point, it's like, okay, if this guy was good enough to be a starter, he'd be a starter right now. You know, like that kind of situation. I don't know if Jackie Love is just holding out for a boatload of money. That's what it feels like to me. Like, Jackie Love just wanted a boatload of cash, and nobody wanted to pay him. Because it's 80 carry, and why would you pay them? <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I mean, like, it's like running backs, right? <laughs> still matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I don't want to bring football Twitter into this too much. But yeah, like, any other, any other comments on Jackie Love? Um, top esports of the Dallas Cowboys. So that's you heard. Dude, maybe. <laughs> Stunning indictment from Josh Roberts. Dude, this team should be so good. This team should be so good. But they have, and they are good. They're very good. They just have lapses. Some like oh my I mean, to be fair, so like this this morning was a little different. But like in the in the, the Rogue Warrior series, like they were clearly just. Did you see the team comp they drafted in Game Two of that series? Um, it was yeah. like it was like Callista. I think it was like Callista, Alistair, Galio, Jarvin, Wukong, or something like that. Or Malphite. Yeah. It was Malphite. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna play the bouncy castle. Like everyone's gonna be bound, like knocked up for five seconds, and then you know if you just hit, if you don't hit like three man Malphite ultimates, you're not doing anything." So it's yeah, I don't know. Um, ESPN's gonna be broadcasting the LCS. I guess just directly from their feet. It's not going to be live, obviously, because esports issues <laughs> with pauses and in between games and everything. But yeah, they're gonna. That's going to be on. You just got ESPN two and the ESPN app, right? Yeah, it's kind of cool. They announced very cool. I think um, I wanted to say like it seems like this this like canceling of all the traditional sports leagues is forcing a lot of companies to do something they should have been doing anyway. Like it's really helping them. There's so many companies that are only getting into esports right now because they have to, but it's actually going to be super good for their business in the next yep. like five years. And so it's kind of making me shake my head a little bit because I've been going to all kinds of companies in the last five years. Like you need to get into this. It's going to be huge. You've got to do it. And they're like, no, ah, no, no, no. And now they're all doing it because they have to, but it's actually going to end up being amazing for it's them. Gonna, yeah, I agree. It's going to be like one of those situations where you're like, oh man, shit, why weren't we doing this the whole time? <laughs> I could have been getting in on the ground floor of this. 
Hashtag mistakes. Uh, no, I didn't put out for listener questions this week, but I'll have to do that for next week. Uh, and reviews are still lacking because you guys are slacking. I'll just say we it. got a we got a review on YouTube. Let oh, did me, we? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and read. Quick, I have to find it real fast. Sorry for the wait. No, you're good. Um, that one we're excited about. It. We'll wait. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty happy with this review. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> From Omar Duquani. And he says, why are podcasts like yours not getting views? I really think that the league scene lacks content like yours. Keep up the good work, and I really think you can improve your reach within this year. I don't really know how, but I think you have a good chance of making this channel grow heavily during the lockdown. And then Lenny, another person, said, I like Joshua's takes and opinions. Keep up the good work, guys. There you go, Josh. You got a fan. Lenny, my guy. So, yeah, so we got a couple nice ones on YouTube. I was pretty happy about that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, keep sending them. Rate, review, subscribe, all that nonsense. I'm not going to shill more than I have to, but obviously do all that stuff. Where do we want to start with this week? Where do we want to bounce around a little bit? We can do, like, I, think I mean, you go I mean we can keep what's fresh in mind because we just watched LCS. I don't know if you guys want to do that first. I think you go playoff, so then we can speed through the other regions. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, it's it's a little bit less this week because LCK is back down to two games a day instead of three. So that was kind of like a lot. Um, yeah. So let's do uh, uh, let's do LCS because we obviously we're, so we're recording this Wednesday night just after the TSM series, TSM Hundred Thieves series. I say TSM series because clearly I was on TSM, but <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, this was. Like honestly, a hell of a series. Like we can just talk about that. Like let's let's recap what we've seen so far, right? We'll we'll work backwards from what we've seen so far because we haven't recorded since we saw stuff. So just now, Hundred Thieves TSM. This was like a really good series. I think both teams had like both teams to me looked mostly good with a couple questionable things. But in a five game series, that's gonna happen. You're just gonna make some questionable decisions sometimes and. Yeah, this game five was awesome. We all we were all in here watching it. We we're like, yeah, we're not recording until we're done watching this game, and it delivered. It was really, really good. So yeah, like general thoughts on this series. I th- I was just gonna say if TSM can get their like communication and macro game down, they're gonna be so good because they just keep drafting like crappy like sinnerish comps because they can't win any of the late games because every time it goes late they start bungling everything. But if this team could actually just draft like. Azir and a hyper carry 80 carry and some tanks and just go late and their decision making was good. I feel like they'd be just crushing people. But the fact that they have no like their communication and macro is terrible is like forcing them to take these like pantheon comps, which really don't fit a lot of their players. So I, I hope they get their communication or, and macro issues down because I think they could be really good if they do. Yeah, I, I think we touched on it last week, but it's like this team is still just all about their drafts. Like, if they draft anything remotely standard-ish, uh, it seems like it's decent. But when they draft Pantheon into set, even when you get a kill on him in lane at level two, which should never happen, but even when you do it, like, it still just doesn't end up making much sense. Like, the champion just does nothing. And, like, something I would say, too, is, like, John mentioned now they drafting these center-ish comps. Like, you're going to go full center comp. Just do it. Don't draft an Azir with a Pantheon Olaf. Like, what the hell is in Azir doing in that composition? Like, he's not doing anything until the until you lost the game, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I agree with that. 
I agree as well. Back. Chris, thoughts on TSM uh, NFTs? I think I'm just excited for 100 Thieves. They've been slowly and sneakily like improving, and this playoff was like their backs against the shoulder, right? We, I mean, against the corner. We saw them getting beat down after game one, and it was like, oh, it's over. TSM's going to steamroll them. Even last game, this last game five, mm-hmm. they were ahead. They played well. They played around TSM's sloppiness, TSM mistakes, and so maybe it is trust the papa, right? And... It's good to see improvement from Ryoma. I think he played out of his mind in one of those games. I think it was game two or three. Uh, Stunt is still going to be a question. I just don't see a difference between him and Afromoon's performance from last split. But they'll, they'll work around that. Uh, so I'm excited for this team. I am just feel for my boys at the 100 top pod. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have, see we if to, I... We have to get one of those guys on. That'd be really fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this team's better than... Like I have to admit now that this team's better than I thought they were, like by a mile, like for sure. Like they they they've to me they've overachieved. I'm sure other people would say that they've just achieved what they thought, but yeah, I don't. I they're they're good. They've gotten better over the course of the season, and I think I I have to admit that I was a little bit at least a little bit wrong on this team. Uh, and there, it's going to be interesting seeing them move into summer too, because I, I I don't think they're they're probably going to be a playoff team in summer too. I don't know, dude. NA is so weird. Like, <laughs> I think Medios is going to find the bench in the offseason, and they're going to bring somebody else in, and I think they'll be better. Yeah, we'll like, see. he had some pretty outstanding plays in that series. He was every really once good in a while. Five too. Yeah, every once in a while he had some really amazing plays, and the rest of the time I thought he was pretty bad. And then their losses in the last few weeks, uh, he was pretty bad as well. So. I had something. Oh, like, I had, an, I had one other thing on TSM, this split, and uh, I kind of mentioned it in my, my brief write-up today, but, like, I know I, I I keep referencing it and I'll just keep shouting it out because it's an awesome show. But like JLXP, the Jet Leesman Experience. If you guys haven't been checking this out, it's like it's really really good content. And he Jet and Mark Z were talking about. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you mentioned it, but they they ended up talking about the caster bias issue with Solo and Viper, which I'm glad they brought up. Uh, that's a separate topic though. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that. But anyway, that's sign up. That's, that's a whole podcast. For me. <laughs> anyway, so. They were talking about how TSM, like, if TSM was just a tiny little bit cleaner with some of their macro stuff, they'd be, like, a 12-win team, which I, like, totally agree. Like, there were, like, three games that they should have won and lost, and, like, one game that they lost and probably should have won. So, like, maybe that evens out to, like, 11 wins or something like that. But this team's like this team's almost definitely better than their record. They, they They need very few things to improve to be, like, a top tier team, I think. Whereas a lot of other teams could get there, but they need a lot more things to go right for them. So like maybe that's why I like I'm so rel- like I I trust TSM because like I don't I, I think the things that they need to fix are minor things. It's annoying because you watch it and they happen game to game, but I don't. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I think they're I think they're a better team than than they've like their record suggests. Like I said, I think the problem is just communication. If they can get their communication and late game macro stuff down, the rest of their stuff looks good. They're getting leads on teams. They're able to draft a variety of different compositions and get leads. The problem is when it hits like 30 minutes, if they haven't won yet, they just start falling apart. Yeah. The transitions where they've had a lot of problems. Like they, they were, they've been the second best early game team in the league, like by a mile. Like Cloud nine's the only one better than them. Like, they're way, way better than almost everybody else, so it's just a matter of, like, that transition into the mid-game. That's where they've, like, stalled out a lot of the time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I agree to an extent. I think the issue is just that, like, 
when you make that same mistake for an entire split, like I don't, like I, we never really saw them improve on it. And maybe that's, that's sort of a little bit of a nail in the coffin. Like we talked about, even like hundred thieves, we talked about how a lot of these teams have improved over the course of the split. And I don't know that you can realistically say that much for TSM. I'm a little concerned with, you know, what that means their ceiling is. Cause like, I, I tweeted at John earlier and said that TSM stands for Team Shitty Mid-Game. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, it's legit. Like, I, how do you have these same issues all foot long? And I get that it's something that's hard to maybe practice, right? Because, like, your scrim games may not go to 30 minutes. The practice tool, you can't just, like, set up a mid-game situation. But, like, man, I, I don't know if Bjergsen just needs to take over or what, but – it's all split long, man. Yeah. I, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I tend to give the benefit of the doubt, especially when there's, like, better players involved. But, like, I mean, there's an argument to be made against that, too, for sure. Like, it's 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 not automatic. Uh, like, it's kind of like, you know, until you show me kind of situation. I'm not saying they're on the level of Cloud9. I just think that when you look at the landscape of North America, I kind of think that the fact that they only have to fix this, like, one minor issue – I guess the draft is a major issue. You can't really say that. But the fact that they need, like, to me, these are easy things to fix. Yeah, I, it's like it should. Like, I agree in principle it should be. But, like, man, I mean, we have a, what, 20-game sample of them yeah, not that's fixing true. That's so true. Like, Come on. I don't know. All right. So uh, what else? Have we, I'm, I'm working backwards over the North American slate here just to uh, – so then we had – FlyQuest, Golden Guard. FlyQuest looked way better. They looked way better yesterday. Uh, I honestly think that's just a function of their opponent. I, I do too. Golden Guardians was just not very good, and I, FlyQuest ran it over. But yeah, I, I think I hesitated a little bit too much on on going heavy duty on this series, like just because I was I didn't know how they were going to deal with. Like I, I guess it was like a little bit of tilt, just like it's the whole like solo viper situation and then like losing that series and like how the whole thing went down it's like i don't know it felt it felt because they, they, the first two games of that series were very close could have gone either way so like I, I wasn't sure between that and golden guardians getting to watch a series which is a kind of a cool dynamic i wanted to mention too like isn't it kind of weird that the losers bracket teams get to like see the film on the winner's I saw bracket some team. About that. Yeah, I saw some complaints about that on Twitter. It's, it's just that, interesting. But... Like, I don't know if it, it's a – I mean, it is a huge edge, especially if there's, like, a weird strategy involved. But it's just an interesting wrinkle, like, to maybe consider the underdog a little bit more in some situations. But we've seen, like, it's the, – the quality of teams is just different. Like, Golden, Golden Guardians was in ninth place for most of the split, like, until, like, last week. Right? Like, am I nuts – no, I, I think part of it too with the hesitation that you mentioned was like GGS was looking really good. Um, they had executed some very like of a unique drafts like the Zig support and they smacked FlyQuest in week nine, right? Like so, yeah. and like you said, like FlyQuest was looked like they were trending downwards, but uh, they finally got back to uh, let's feed POE and, and go from there. And it, you know, it worked. Um, I actually felt really, I, it actually like made me feel bad for Golden Glue. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but like in general, I just feel bad for the dude because he's, you know, been waiting so long for this opportunity. And then like he actually played out of his mind. It was just FlyQuest Bandafilios and FBI. 
<laughs> we talked about it, the, the Banafilios factor, right? I do love that the LPL has mostly picked up on that, too. It was like, oh, yeah, we're just not going to deal with this champion for the most part. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I do kind of feel bad for Golden Glue, but at the same time, it's like he's just he's, – he's stuck in limbo, man. Because, like, he's clearly not on the same level. I mean, so, he has spikes. Sometimes he's really good, but he's clearly not on the same level as, like, a, a lot of the LCS caliber mids. But he's so much better than everybody else in Challenger that it's like, okay, he belongs here. He's just, like, always going to be, like, the ninth or 10th best mid laner, you know, and I feel bad. But – and, and like, in this case, like, I agree. He played really, really well. Power of Evil is just having an MVP season. Like, right. it's, it's, really, it's really tough when you just run into a buzzsaw like that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean – I'm, it was it was really nice to see FlyQuest like get right. I would have been concerned if this was like a three two series or something like that, but they kind of just smashed gold. Like I, none of these games weren't even that close. I think uh, I just wanted to say it would make my dreams come true if in the off season Golden Guardians picked up Demonte and Viper. I feel like Demonte closer and Viper is a sweet three man unit that would be awesome, and they're all like kind of underappreciated like younger guys i mean i guess closer was pretty appreciated this year but i I feel like that team i would be such a stand for that team if they created it and it's not that (laughs) monsters like terrible or golden blues terrible or anything but just just do it golden guardians if you're listening to this podcast just pick those guys up do it dude i was i was thinking like uh uh, did you see tim's write-up on closer versus santorin it's kind of an interesting yeah it's showing the kind of that this people were Voting a little bit too much with their eyes when the stats didn't necessarily agree. Yeah, I always like that kind of stuff. It's just like interesting to bounce ideas off the wall. Um, Cloud Nine Hunter Vives. A couple of these games were pretty close, like, but not really. I, I don't know. Like to to me, like they they might have looked close, but like Cloud Nine was not losing any of these games. Yeah, and like I was on Hunter Thieves to get. Like I was pretty confident Hunter Thieves was going to steal one. Like I was very confident they were going to get a game, and they just they just didn't. Like they got they yeah. got run over. Cloud9 got a lot of extra faith from me because I, I have been kind of touting the Cloud9 is going to fall apart in these playoffs at some point mentality that like they're going to lose to somebody eventually. And uh, that series was like very dominant. Like they gained a lot of extra respect for me in that series because I definitely thought 100 Thieves was going to get a game and I thought they were going to be very competitive. I, th- I still thought they'd lose, but I thought they'd be competitive and it was like really not that competitive. <laughs> like they got pretty blown out. So yeah, I, I, who's beating this team? Yeah, I'm kind of coming around. Like, it's just going to destroy everyone's mentality. Yeah, I, I like. It's going to be the situation where it's like the odds are just going to be like, oh yeah, you have to take a little bit against Cloud Nine because the numbers are insane. But the only team that feels like they have any shot is Evil Geniuses. Yeah, I think if you know, e, I think EG and TSM have the ceiling to be able to beat them, but I don't know what the odds of that are. Like you know, like I don't know if is it like at their best. Evil geniuses have like a forty percent chance, like if they're just playing out of their mind that day. But I, I don't know. Cloud Nine look really, really good. Yeah, they do. I don't yeah. know. If, I was it Vince? You, I mean, I, I you probably heard this, but on JLXP, they were talking about like, can you make a team that can beat Cloud Nine out of the other playoff teams? And like, they basically, uh, I think, I think Jat's vote was EG, but Sunday and for Kumo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that team could probably get a game or two, but I don't. Yeah. I still think Cloud Nine's probably still like a minus three hundred favorite in that series. It's ins- it's it's just insane because like it it can't possibly just be the players, right? 
That's the way I'm looking at it. Because, like, I, if you look – I mean, if that was the case, then we were all idiots before the season. Like, I don't know where you were at preseason, Josh, but, like, I, th- I think I had Cloud9, like, third, second or third. I was like, oh, they have good players. They'll just be in top three just because their players are good. But, like – You got to remember, too, this league had Team Liquid in it who had just won four splits yeah, in a row. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. expected to just crush everyone, so. Yeah, but, like, if you look at, like, the rest of the standings, like, I mean, EG eventually got to where we thought they were going to be. It just took them a while. But, like, at, at what point – like, to me, it can't just be players. Like, they just are well-coached. Reaper again, like, he's – another another great performance from him from a coaching standpoint. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing through this just because I don't I – like, we're, we've gone a little yes. bit. Um, I was keep the keep the pace moving. Then we had EG FlyQuest was – I'd say, like, three pretty close games. I mean, FlyQuest dominated the game that they won. Like, that was never in question. But, uh, like, the – and, like, you had that weird game four with, the, like, the 45 minutes worth of pauses and everything that it felt like just kind of killed a lot of the momentum for that series. Like, I don't know. I think EG was the better team, right? Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's not too much to say on that one. I thought I thought EG played that series really, really well. So, moving forward, um, so we're going to have now TSM FlyQuest on Sunday, which will get to in just a second but saturday we have cloud nine against evil geniuses we'll get into the first game here cloud nine minus 900 favorites eg plus 613 we'll say eg plus 1.5 plus 248 and eg to take a game at minus 149 do we i mean we just kind of were just talking about we might as well just like throw it in here like is do we think eg gets a game here yeah, I would think they'd get a game. I mean, I feel kind of similarly, like a, a more hopeful version of the 100 Thieves versus Cloud9 matchup, and I thought 100 Thieves was going to get a game. So if I thought 100 Thieves was going to get a game and make it competitive, I definitely think EG is going to get a game and make it competitive. So we're, we're talking like, I mean, EG to take a game implied odds like like ballpark 60%. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's like 60% for them to take a game? More or less? It sounds about right to me, sixty percent. Yeah, I think that line's good enough that I'm not going to bet it. Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty clean. Like, I mean, this is a situation where I'm probably gonna. I don't know. Six thirteen is so big, dude. It's a best of five. I know. I don't know, man. I'll probably just stick to the plus two point five. Like, I think EG's gonna get a game. We talked about like how they're ceiling. Like if they just get a like when they're playing at their ceiling, I think they could. They're like forty percent to straight up win the series. I think. But yeah, I, g- give me give me easy to take a game. The over yeah. three point five is actually just better. Yeah. Than, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. The, I didn't think about the, that. Yeah. Minus one thirty point five either way. Yeah, minus three. Yeah, unless you really think she's going to three zero. In which case, yeah, feel free to take that. It's probably like twenty five like to one or something. So, yeah. I think with these two teams, I kind of like the overkill total, too, even though it's a pretty high number for an ALCS at 24.5. Kind of see these two, two, these two teams throwing themselves at each other. Seems reasonable. Yeah. I could – I so, so, like, on one hand I see that, but I also think EG may know that their best, their best and or only – Win condition is just get Zuka in a side lane as early as possible and let him push yeah. on you know, Rise or get it on Malzahar, like wh- whoever. Um, 
So that's kind of concerning to me from a kill kill total perspective. Yeah, that's reason. I mean, that, that's a good point. I mean, think about that. That's a good read by you, Josh. Like split pushing might be the way to go. Slap the wrist, walk away. Don't fight and split push. Nobody's really tried that against Cloud Nine yet this season. So I think you. Yeah, I literally think like if I'm EG and I'm theory crafting it, like it's put Kumi on a tank, do a uh, you know an independent bot lane. Let Jazuke farm up. Then when Nisky leaves, shove a wave in, get a CS lead, and then transition after Heralds are down to a side lane and push. I'm playing like Tom Kinch, Varus, Gragas, yeah. or something like that for your three, and then like some kind of tank that can hang. Probably like I mean, even even if it's not Orn, just like something that can survive Aatrox or Set or something. Maokai, like yeah, yeah, and then Cassidy or Rise or. You know what have you? Yeah, Jazuke Cassidy makes a lot of sense to yeah, me. Cassidy like is super ones. good right now. We're we're gonna get to more Cassidy so I can get to the LPL because Dwayne oh B is some kind of freaky Jesus. Like that's what. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. We all think EG get a game here. We're all pretty confident EG take a game. Cloud Nine's not gonna go undefeated, are they? No, I think EG gets a game. Yeah, um, I agree. TSM FlyQuest. Obviously, there's no lines out because this series just ended. But like, w- let's do our projection here. Like, where where are we handicapping this one? I'm because I, I think this is. I mean, I, I think this is gonna be a pretty close to even money series. Like, I could see it being like, T. Uh, it's probably gonna be like TSM minus one thirty, something like that. I was gonna say one fifty. That's where I think the books are gonna put it. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, I'm betting TSM minus two point five. I think they're gonna decimate FlyQuest. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, even even after the, I mean, obviously Golden Guardian is not exactly the highest quality of opponent, but and we just saw TSM Hundred Thieves go the like go the distance. Do you really think yeah. Hundred Thieves is that much better? Yeah, I think Hundred Thieves is a lot better than FlyQuest after watching the the last few matches that they've been playing and the end of the season there. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go yeah. minus two point five, but I do think TSM are going to win that series regardless. I will say uh, that. The one cons- like we we talked about it a lot before we hopped on, but I think the one scary thing is like Poe Poe late game, like you know Poe is going to draft a heavy scaling champion. Like he gets on a victor late game, he's shown he can just absolutely turn and, and destroy fights. And that's I mean, what earlier in the season they were down 10k gold and still beat TSM. Like that's that that would be the only hesitation for me with the with the minus two and a half, just because like TSM is just I, they're allergic to late game or something. Yeah. I- I'd say, like, FlyQuest... If you're going to give FlyQuest an edge in this series, it's because they are actually very consistent drafters. Like, FlyQuest rarely lose a draft hard, anyway. Like, they might lose, like, slightly lose or something, but, like, just by the design of how that team wants to play the game, they don't lose drafts hard. Like, they're just going to pick good stuff and play good champions and play good team comps that make a lot of sense. It's been carrying them a lot. Like, they've been one of the best not the best drafting team in the whole league. Like Cloud Nine's been crushing everyone, but you could argue their drafts are actually pretty mediocre. I think FlyQuest is the best drafting team in the LCS. Still, I think FlyQuest has been drafting super well, and that's why they're as successful as they are. When I look at the matchup, though, I look at like the bot lane. It's it's Kabe against Wild Turtle. Okay, yeah. Kabe's against Wild Turtle. And then in the mid lane, Poe, their best player is playing against Bjergsen, who's also TSM's best player. The split and is playing very well in the jungle. Santorin probably actually gets an edge over Dardock in the jungle. It's pretty close. I'd give Santorin an edge. And then in the top lane, 
I mean, Solo clearly just, clearly just carries the whole team because he's so good. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, that'd be Edge Broken Blade as well. So, like, I just don't see really I, – I do think Ignar is playing better this season than Biofrost, but not by a lot. I just don't really see where, like, FlyQuest is getting an edge other than, like, teamwork. That's basically what they have going for them, I think. The power of friendship. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though, right? Like, the whole, like, theory of power of friendship is, like, a legit Season 10 strategy. Like, it's like you're you're probably, like, you're a high-floor team if you're just, like, if you just don't lose draft. Like, we're seeing that with APK, right? Like, dude, APK is not good. APK has, like, one good player on their team, and it's hybrid, okay? Like, they have one good player on their team. And, like, even he's not on the same level as a lot. I mean, the 80 carry talent career is insane. But, like, they win most drafts. They win almost every single draft because they're just like, look, we're not going to pretend like we're some good team that can do some weird high execution level stuff. We're just going to be like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And then you have Ixu with all his pocket picks and everything. That team wins draft almost every game. And they're smart. And they, they're like, okay, we have a better team comp than you. We can win this team fight at Dragon. We're just going to take Dragon. And meanwhile, everyone else is getting cute and experimenting and trying stuff against them because they're the bad team. And they're just getting punched in the mouth. And I kind of feel like FlyQuest was doing that in North America this split, except the level of competition is a lot lower. So, like, they have good enough – like, for NA, they do have good enough players to just be like, okay, like, if we're just solid, they're going to be like the Origin, basically. Like I don't think they're as clean as Origin, but they're just going to be like, okay, like we're the gatekeeper. You need to be, you need to be this tall to ride. You know, <laughs> like that's. So I, I, if you think about it, like TSN's biggest weakness has been drafting. So maybe I don't know. That that's to me that's the angle you take if you're going to support FlyQuest in this spot. I have I've I've figured out the big brain reason FlyQuest wins at least one game is because they just lean into the tree narrative. They draft Ivern Jungle Maokai top. <laughs> That's how they win. I was going to tweet the other day. There is actually, I guarantee you, one guy at FlyQuest headquarters. Just I don't know who he is exactly, what his title is, but there's a guy that's like, oh, not another ocean map. Like more, we have to plant more trees. Like there's like a, a guy who allocates funds for stuff. That's just like, oh, ocean map again. Like I guarantee it. Yeah, we're gonna need to request more funding from the. Uh... <laughs> I do think it, that whole thing is really, really cool, though. Just, like, tying that kind of stuff in. Oh, yeah, are fun. we all on TSM for this series? Yeah. Pretty safe. You think that line's, like... I think, like, minus 150. One, minus 130 to 150 range, I think, is where TSM's going to be. Yeah, be I think money line will be in play, which is not something you can always say with League. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, where do we go? Uh, we'll, you guys, we'll do Europe, because playoffs. Yeah, finish up the playoffs. So. Um... So Friday we have – I actually think both these matchups are really interesting. So we have Origin against Ma- uh, Origin against Rogue on Friday. So Origin's minus 323. Rogue's plus 253. I'll say the Rogue plus 1.5 is a plus 105. So this one's interesting to me because both these teams have been playing fairly similarly this season. And we have the angle of Origin don't lose to teams that are worse than them that I always like to talk about. But this just feels a little heavy-handed, doesn't it? Like, I, like, I feel like there's this should be a closer line than this. Uh, I'm actually going to be at odds with you on this one. I'm, yeah, go for it. I'm all over Origin on, in, in this spot. I mean, and maybe uh, maybe this is also a little bit of tilt, but I, I just don't think Rose that good. I, I thought Misfits 
but of being a rogue. Um, I think Misfits made some crucial errors. And actually that rogue played really well in terms of like the draft because rogue was able to ban out Febby and make him play like Azir and Corky, which is, we, we talked about it last time. Like, why is he playing? He's not a, like, God, I don't understand why they do these things, but they're just handicapping themselves when they do that. Yeah. Um, his rumble looked okay, but if he's not on a burst mage or an assassin, I'm, I'm not betting on him. Yeah. And so, I don't, you can't have that same level of impact in a draft against Origin. And also they were winning through top lane because the, the Kled counter pick against Aatrox was beautifully executed. But I, I mean, I will never bet Alfari to lose to Finn in the top lane. Well, here. Alfari's so, played the Kled too. Yeah. So. And I, I just don't see it. Like, I, I think Alfari. And, like, I don't know. I mean, OG is just so much more flexible with their stuff, too. Like, Nuke Duck doesn't care what the hell he plays. Like, they could probably draft Aatrox and then Rogue drafts uh, Kled, and then Nuke Duck's like, oh, sure, I'll play Aatrox mid. I don't care. <laughs> just do whatever. So, like, I don't know. I, I think Origin has the advantage everywhere in this matchup, actually. I'm uh, I'm actually with Josh on this one. Um, I think this is going to be, like, a near unwatchable 3-0 for Origin. Really? <clears throat> Yeah, like, I picked Rogue to beat Misfits, too, and I thought they would, and I played them in all my lineups, and I don't think they're going to be competitive with Origin whatsoever. I think Origin's just going to blow them over three games in a row. It feels like they're Origin light, right? Like, yeah. Or maybe it's me. But I, exactly. Yeah, I, they're the Dollar Tree version. Like, they're just not as good at... <laughs> See, like, so the way I look at this series is, like, I, I agree with you. They're like Origin light. But I, I think typically when you see teams that are similar like that, that like it's going to be a closer series than you think, just because of how they play. Like or like Origin aren't going to completely blow a game open. They're just going to like nickel and dime you over the course of a game, and and that's how they do it. It's it's really consistent, but like the same for the same reasons. Like they're they have a tough time coming back in games too. So if Rogue jump out to a lead or have a weird like I could see Rogue getting a game for sure. But the more I'm thinking about it, and like the. It's so weird because I'm like pro origin in like every other situation. I just this looked heavy handed to me. Like I, I'm kind of surprised this wasn't a lower line. But the more I'm thinking about it, I, I think I'm probably with you guys on origin. They're just be- there's just a better version of it, right? Yeah, it's the same thing where I just don't see like I don't see a lane that Rogue is advantaged in anywhere on the map, like a position that they're advantaged in anywhere yeah. on the map. And that's kind of just the case with origin in general, right? Like, I yeah. think mid. I actually think Rogue has the advantage in mid, probably. Um, Could be. Larson's been very good. Overall, maybe his average is out to be very good. I didn't like how he played the last few weeks. I still, Even in the playoff games, it didn't look impressive. I still give it to Nuke Duck. Nuke Duck's so good. I actually think Nuke Duck's underrated. <laughs> he's, he's like unbelievably good. I, you know, I'm 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 on board. I might I might go hyper cautious and do Origin money line. But yeah, I like that. I I do think we're going to get a map. But the odds on that are not great. So, um, I think an underrated way to get action to this too is the twenty-two and a half kill total. Uh, seems pretty high to me. Yeah, I think played earlier this year they had like seventeen kills and then like thirteen kills or something. Uh, two of the least bloody teams in the league. Yeah, yeah I think they're they were tenth and eighth in combined kills per minute. Yeah. So, uh, I definitely think under twenty-two and a half is is in play here because. What generally happens is Origin says, we don't want to fight you ever, 
Rogue says, we want to fight you in the first five minutes and then not fight you until Baron. Yeah. So the way those two kind of interact, if the first dive or gank doesn't go well, then, and no kills happen, then you could see legitimately a zero, zero game in 20 minutes here, in my opinion. I'm doing, I'm doing like a very quick, like, eye it up handicap of this total. And I have it at like a shade over, a shade under 21. So yeah, like that's like I, Origin have like twenty one and a half and twenty and a half for like most of their games this split. So this seems kind of like that seems like a pretty good spot to attack. It's good eye. Yeah, well, I have a higher number against the least bloody one of the least bloody teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, if you think like both, if it there's a chance this could just go to like a couple of really close team fights where you end up getting like a two for three, like three or four times in a row, and that can add up, but. I think with the especially the way Origin play, like if they win, if they win a like that's the kind of situation. Where like if they win a fight, they're going to get a ton off of it just because of how they do things. The next, se- the next uh, series, I think, yeah. Uh, the next series, I think, is a little bit more interesting. Um, not not because like the I mean the teams are just more interesting, like from a handicapping perspective. So we have Mad Lions plus three thirty two against Fnatic minus four thirty five. Uh, Dude, so this one's fascinating because I I think Fnatic are playing out of their mind right now. Like Fnatic, they said it on the broadcast a few times, but I think Fnatic looked better than they looked going into the World Championship last year. And I had I thought Fnatic had top four upside at the World Championship last year. Like they're 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 playing out of their mind, but you also have the Mad Lions just came off beating G two, and they're going to be super confident. And you also have the fact that this line like the this is so heavily on the favorite that I don't think there's really a clean way to play this one outside of like prop markets. Like, I don't know if you so, guys agree. When I saw this line, I was so surprised that they made Fnatic such a big favorite <clears throat> because I definitely want Fnatic in this series. I think Fnatic's going to smash Mad Lions. And I don't, I don't think, I think a lot of the reason that Mad Lions beat G2, people are not giving enough credence to. I think G2 was definitely trying to play like compositions that would not reveal anything about their overall strategies in the first few games. And they thought they would just beat them and they didn't. And then by the time they didn't, they tried to claw it back as fast as they could. And then really they should have won the last game as yeah. well. <clears throat> and so I think they're that mad lions is getting too much public credit. So I thought the books would give them too much credit, but then they kind of didn't. And so it kind of like hurt my fanatic bets that I wanted to make. I do, I do think for this one, uh, so this is not a common thing that you see in esports because the, the markets aren't as, as – there's just not as much action going on yet. And as this grows, you might start to see this more. But I think this is the – since this game's on Saturday, it's currently Wednesday, we haven't really seen a lot – there's probably not a lot of money coming in on either side of this yet. So I could definitely see, like, Saturday morning, Friday night, this, you know, money going in on Mad Lions because, you know, people are hype on them. They just beat G2. But, again, like, I agree with, like, John. They, they won. They deserve to win that series. I'm, I Like, I don't think it was a situation where G2 were, like, messing around or anything. I do think they were a little bit conservative. Relative, I say conservative, like, relative to G2. Like, that's not, they're not a conservative team, but. I just thought their first three compositions were awful. Yeah. And that, and mm-hmm. that they were just doing it just to try to hide stuff is how it felt to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel quite as far along that spectrum as I think you, you're feeling on this. Like, I, I think that's a little bit the case, but I think Mad Lions, they just straight up won. They just played better. 
and like they were they were beating G two at their own game to a certain extent, right? But uh, so like I don't want to take any credit away from Mad Lions, but like they also should have still lost that series. Like make no mistake, they should have lost Game Five. Yeah, they punished hard for G 2s mistakes. Like G two didn't ban Kalista, and Karzi said, "Let me play Kalista and see what happens." Yeah, um, uh, no, like they were they were punishing that stuff, and um, th- that's definitely major credit to them. And they were they were playing whatever style G two wanted to. Uh, they like I don't know, but I agree. I I think this is actually tough because like I came in wanting to bet, hoping they would give Mad plus two and a half at plus money again, because like. In my eye, the books shouldn't be handicapping fanatics that much differently than G2. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have that. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe that means fanatic minus one and a half will be nice. And that's also not great. So like, uh, I was just looking. I think that the way, if you want to bet this, I think you bet, at least I think we're all on fanatic. Yeah. And you bet the fanatic exact scores, like fanatic 3-0 is like plus 230 and 3-1s plus 180. So if you just put a half unit on each of those, yeah. that's gonna be better than betting Fnatic minus one and a half or minus one eighty five for sure. Yeah, it's like a slight. It ends up being like kind of like a minus one sixty bet. I think I, I didn't do the math. But that's what, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I think this is a classic like fade the public situation or fade the overhype. Like, but I I want to. I'm gonna probably wait until like Friday night, Saturday morning to see where this goes. Like, if it goes any more in Fnatic's favor, I'm probably just going to stay away or just play kill spreads, something like that. But I, as, as it stands currently, like this is, I don't even want to say this is a sharp number. I just expected a different number. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't, we'll, we'll see. I, I think this is one of the few situations because it's a playoff match and it's two like fairly high profile teams. And because we lines coming off that win that you're going to actually see some steam on Friday night, Saturday morning, which is not a thing you can commonly say in esports. So um, it's like one of those situations where I think you just wait. And if it goes the other way, then I was wrong and sorry. <laughs> but um, so after that, it would be presumably, I think they're playing Sunday, right? Yeah, it'll be Sunday. So we, the winner would play Sunday and it'll be, or no, I guess Sunday will be G2, G2 against winner. the winner of Rogue Origin. G2 against Origin, uh, G2 three zero. <laughs> Yeah, I think G two stops whoever gets out of that. Often. Yeah, like we we like. All right, are we all on the same page? G two is winning this split. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I am like very torn because what you said about uh, what John actually what John said about G 2s drafts looking kind of trolly. Like, I think, I think Fnatic is one of the few teams that can actually hard punish like. I, I tweeted last week that Mithy is legitimately like draft kingdoming everyone. Like everyone's talking about origin draft kingdoming. Mithy is doing it to everyone with Fnatic, and it's not like the same way of just like, oh, we're gonna pick, we're gonna get Karthus and Orn, and we're just better. It's like I don't know. Fnatic's just having some insane drafts, and I think they're also versatile. And it seems like um, I was actually watching Reckless's stream a couple weeks ago, and he was saying like they've been so much better as a team this split than in the past. And he's like, I don't want to flame past coaches because, like, all my past coaches were good. But Mithy just understands the player's perspective so much better from being a player that we get, like, ample time off and stuff. So I think, like, the environment there is beautiful. So I don't know. I'm going to be really waiting on numbers for Fnatic G2, I think. But that if it's not G2 Fnatic, I'll be mind-blown. Yeah, yeah, that's 
feel too. Yeah, it's going to be them in the finals. But like the the way I agree with you, the way Fanatics playing is it's fun. They're a fun team to watch because you never know what you're going to see. But they're also just good. So like they're not cheesing people. They they have both elements. They they look like G two last year, right? Yeah. They look like G two last year, dude. The I've been waiting. I've been waiting for someone to play the Zillion Senna. I've been waiting for it. I was like so hyped to see that. It's been so busted. Well, that's one thing too. Like reckless playing Senna is something like you. Like I don't know. To me, and I'm newer to the scene than you guys, but uh, like to me, it would I would expect it to go like double with playing Senna a little bit, right? Because what reckless was known for like eighty carry when the eighty carry meta was bad. Um, so like. I don't know. Like I, w- I wouldn't have expected him to be able to do that. Well, and he looked, they looked phenomenal with it. So they're putting a lot of respect on Buipo's name, which is they should have been, and nobody was up until this split. Like I heard so many people say the Fnatic need to get rid of Whippo last season. That dude is a monster, <clears throat> and they're, I, th- they're, I think that's what they're doing is they're just going like, you know what? We don't need to go to Reckless every game. If we need to go to Reckless every once in a while, we can go to Reckless. But Nemesis has pop off games. Whippo has pop off games. Self made's a carry jungler, like. So let's just let him pop off on a Senna, you know. It's what frustrated me about their like their how they showed up at Worlds this year because going into the tournament, I was like, this team plays through every lane. They can play up tempo. They can play scaling, and they got to Worlds and they were just we're just gonna play scaling. Like they didn't even play. Like they were such a good up tempo team last year, like one of the best in the world, any region, and they just like didn't do it at Worlds. It was so frustrating, but. Um, and the one constant is Hillsang will int regardless. So yeah, and like <laughs> like Bwipo does sometimes too, but like it's it's kind of like the Shire Nogari style. He's the Shire, like, yeah, like he's the EU equivalent kind of. So form of aggression. Yeah, so th- this one's interesting. I think definitely wait, and then I don't know G two. I think it's gonna be G two Fnatic, and I'm gonna be that's gonna be like a hype final. So uh, does G two have to play Mad? So G two would have to play Origin then Mad then Fnatic and potentially do that twice. So Origin, yeah, do they have a double? Do they have to? I don't think they have to beat Fnatic twice if they make. Okay, the so okay. they're gonna have to beat. Presumably, they're gonna have to beat Origin and then Mad Lions and then face Fnatic in finals. If that's the case, if we think Fnatic beat Mad, right? But is it only once? Because like that's weird that G two would get a like a double deal, but a Fnatic wouldn't. I don't know. No, I, that's that's exactly what I said. My beef with this setup is is that the guy that goes through the upper bracket doesn't get the advantage of double elimination oh. if they if they make the finals. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's not like uh, like TI. I don't know if you guys like the international like Dota's tournament. Like it's an actual their world tournament is like a double elimination. Like actually, so like if the loser has to win, I don't know if they they might have changed it this year, but it used to be that you had to win two best of fives in grand finals. Like so, you have like. Yeah, like like win, the winner would go in only having to win one best of five. The the loser would have to win two best of fives, or like I forget if they did that, or it was like they pushed it to a best of seven instead, or something like that. Like they had to win a best of seven or something. But yeah, I and somebody's done it. Like people have done it before. Like they just won both best of fives or whatever. But that's a popular format in a bunch of other games, like in yeah. Smash and stuff like that. You can reset the bracket as they call it by beating the guy that's undefeated from the other bracket. But, yeah, they're not going to make him do that here. But it's also, like, the diff- games are different, too. Well, me- Dota's not, but, like, Smash is different because a-, a match takes 10 minutes or 20 minutes, you know, so it's... Uh, a match takes five hours. <laughs> You're playing, you know, 10-hour series. Um, I think that's it for the West. Did we talk about, like, looking forward for NA a little bit? Yeah, I think we did. Um, Elsa Gay or LPL next? 
<sighs> I think we did LPL last week. Let's do LCK this week. We did LCK last last week. So uh, LCK uh, going back to the two matches a day that already started um, this morning. They're, so the way they condensed their schedule, it was going to be like three matches a day for a little bit, and now they're back to two for the rest of the season. Uh, LPL still doing three. So uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of five-game slates instead of the six-game slates on DraftKings, which is still way better than the three that we were getting before. So um, Friday morning we have a <laughs> – it was going to be a super interesting one, and now it's not. So we have – all right, I'm, you guys are going to have to let me just tee off on this team for a little bit. So Dragon X minus 238 against Dan One plus 173. Dragon X minus 1.5 at plus 135, which is where I'm going to be because fuck this Dan One team. I, I, that had to be the biggest no-show this entire season. That had to be I – so, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. Like, on one hand, like, if you look at the game one draft, they're just like, oh, yeah, here's five bannable champions. Go ahead. Go to town. Take them. Have all of them. Like, I could get it. Like, leave a bunch of broken champions up so that we get three and you get two. No, they just gave five. Just gave five away. So, okay, game one, experimenting. Oh, just wanted to try something out. Cool. No big deal. No big deal. That's fine. Game two, just rolled over and died. Like, did this... (laughs) Did they just, like, not get any sleep last night? Were they out partying? No one's partying. There's the COVID-19s out right now. Were they just drunk in the team house? Somebody I, slept with somebody's girlfriend, Jelani. I, I told don't you it was gonna happen. get it. I, told you I it was gonna don't happen. get it. Like, did Jin Air show up and be like, hey, guys, let's play this series. No one's going to know. Because that's what it looked <laughs> like to me. Jelani, I told you last week. <laughs> if you remember, I told you last week that, that – uh Afrika and Damon switched houses and nobody knows it. Dude. Dude. And then they switched back now. <laughs> Damon's back in their house, I think. That's the only thing that makes sense. I, like, this is just absurd. Dude, I don't... That was the biggest no-show in, in any position this split. Any region, right? Like, can anybody think of a bigger no-show? Like, you could have basically locked the fourth seed. Or no, maybe not. No, you could have locked playoffs. And put yourself in a very good position for fourth seed. After a terrible start to your season, where you look like you have no idea how to play Modern League of Legends, you finally turn it around. You finally admit that everything's going like they. This team, like it, it's, it's not like they just strung together a couple wins against bad teams. It was how they did it. Like the, there was somebody who was trying to explain to me today. It's like, oh well, maybe you should have seen some of this coming because they beat three bad teams. It's like, no, they beat three bad teams and then beat T one. Now T one kind of handed them two games. Gave him the Senna and everything. But, like, the fact that they punished T1 for doing that shows that they stepped into the modern... Like, that's one of the reasons they've, like, stepped into 2020 for a change, right? And that's what got me excited was how they were winning, not that they beat a couple bad teams and T1 when they handed it to them. So I was optimistic about this team because they looked like they finally stepped into the 21st century. You know, like, they weren't playing... I'm clearly incensed about this. Like, I'm just... I'm, I'm... fired up about it like dragon x 2-0 it's not even a sw- yeah you, you know what's actually going to happen is dan one's going to 2-0 this so the inverse confidence model is strong you but- see what, what happened is uh is gen g decided to like <laughs> split so dan one's taking their place for them uh to to just to get you really i can't think of a bigger no-show this entire split i mean i i think I think A, like TL, 
all all of all of spring split, but also Maybe. I think a freak again to a by Han or was it Hanla? Yeah, last week was pretty bad as well. It just, it just blows my mind. Like, this, it was such a like, – to look so good. I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to waste too much time on this. Other thoughts? I think I, – I think – I mean, I think this is a decent segue to talk about if you guys are curious to try and talk about the whole online situation. Because I, I just feel like since that's happened, madness has happened. And yeah. I, you said you've been thinking some on it. Yeah. I don't know what you guys think about that because it, it's just been weird. I mean, you. How do you two OT one, and then get O two by Griffin? I, like something has got to be going on, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, admittedly, T one kind of spoon fed them those wins in the draft. So, like, I don't want to. I'm not forgetting about that. I'm factoring that in. But yeah, because it was T one limit testing. They were like, oh, we want to show playoff teams that we can beat Senna, and they couldn't in those games. So, dude. Yeah, that is a good segue, because we mentioned it earlier, we haven't really talked about it yet, but there's been a lot of bizarre stuff happening, like, in every region, ever since we've gone to the, the remote uh, gameplay, and I do think that there's a certain, there's, like, a certain angle to it where, like, and they've talked about this on the broadcast, too, but, like, when some people, I'm trying to think, the best way, I think, to compare this is some people can't work from home, like, they need that separation, like psychologically to be able to focus and concentrate and like this area is for this and this area is for this and like they get distracted or what have you. I I do think there's some element of that, but we've seen like some teams have just like gone through it with no, like cloud nine hasn't had any issues with it. Right. Like, I don't like John, do you like, am I wrong? Like there's been some really weird stuff. Like I don't, it, it feels like the whole like scrim culture, like maybe that fact that scrims get for those that don't know, scrimmages and exhibitions and practice in league like the games tend to get you experiment you try weird stuff and things tend to get out of hand a little bit sometimes it, it kind of feels like that's happening even if it's not intentional from a lot of these teams like i don't know if it's just where everyone's heads at where the coaches are at but there's been a lot of weird stuff happening and i don't just think it's a symptom of the metagame either i just i do think some of it is the metagame right now but I do think uh, I do think there's some factors in play. I think you're right when you say that there's there's some people that can't work from home. When I played online poker for a living, I definitely saw that all the time. I had buddies that were just as good as me that were not nearly as successful just because they they didn't want to wake up on time every day and put in the hours you're supposed to put in. They would like win a tournament and then take like three weeks off and just party and do whatever, and maybe they didn't get enough sleep and they didn't care. That kind of stuff makes a big difference. When I played for a living, I literally like woke up at eight o'clock every morning, played for twelve or more hours, and then would calm down for the last couple hours. Like literally, just like it was a job. <clears throat> and a lot of guys don't have that in them. Like you know, if they're at their house and they see something else going on, they're like, ah, I'll just you know, I'll take a little break. So it could be that. It could also be something that I've experienced from Magic, which is I make about twenty times as many mistakes on Magic Online as I make at a PTQ, like at a live at a live event where I'm like in a competitive environment. I make way more mistakes when I'm just playing casually online. Maybe I got a browser open on the side, and they don't obviously have a browser open on the side, but the feel just can feel a little different. Yeah, that like, could definitely like in your like head. That. In your head, like when you step onto the stage, you're like, all right, it's it's work time, like it's it's business time. Like there, there, I do think there's an element of that going on, 
And yeah, uh, we, sitting we, at your desk at your house feels a little different. Yeah, and we, we kind of talked about that yeah. when they made these announcements because we weren't sure like if if this was going to benefit like the younger players or the veterans or. Like, I kind of thought it would benefit veterans because they've had more situations. Like, they've played in just more different situations and weird things. But, like, at the same time, I, I don't know. It's just been weird because there's been no consistency about it. Like, there, like it hasn't been a case where, like, okay, clearly, like, these veteran teams that are underdogs have been winning more than these new teams, like, rookie teams or younger teams that are underdogs. Like, there's been no consistency for it. It's just been weird. Like, there's no, like, trend that I can spot for it. They're like, oh, teams that were underrated going into this were like, there's, I haven't been able to find a pattern. It's just none of it makes any sense. It's been so bizarre, and it hasn't just been the else. It's been all over the place. There's been a lot of weird results recently. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, this is a good time to talk about that because I, I kind of think that had to be what was going on. I don't. Know, if you, if we think that's what had to be going on here, like, do we think Damwon get a game against Dragon X? I kind of think Dragon X and. I think Dragon X, Genji, and T1 are just so much better than everybody else in the LCK that I don't. You could also, you know, there there could be another factor, Jelati. You could ask the question that I think everybody really is asking, which is, has anybody had eyes on Weyan during any of this? Has, yes, has anybody <laughs> had their, have they had their eyes on him for sure? Do we know where he's at? Because I mean, that's this the question everybody wants to know. This is true. <laughs> He's like, just flies to Korea. Dude, Weon hasn't, gaming house. Like, Weon I, hasn't stuck his funny. way to an episode title yet. <laughs> Weon and Canyon have three letters of the same. Coincidence? I think I not. Think not. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon X minus one and a half plus 135. Lock it. So You know yeah, what? I you know it. what? I, do, am I going to rage pick of the week? No, let me see the rest of the slate. I'm not going to spite pick of the week it, here. Bro. I'm not going to spite pick it. of the week. KT Rollster plus 250. T1 minus 357. The Telecom War. So... Uh, for those that don't know or those that are new, the Telecom War is – so KT Rollster is Korea Telecom – or KT is Korea Telecom. T1 is formerly South Korea Telecom, so they call this the Telecom War. It's a, it's a rivalry in esports that's probably older than any other rivalry, dating back to the early 2000s in StarCraft. Yeah, StarCraft 1. Yeah, so probably the oldest rivalry in esports. Um, these games have a reputation for being very, very close – Recently, that has not been the case. <laughs> uh, really, like last year, it wasn't either, but KT were very bad last year. So, we've seen T1 limit testing a little bit. It hasn't gone well for them. T1 are still very, very good. But KT Rolster are kind of doing the FlyQuest thing, but in Korea, right? Bunch of savvy veterans. Really, I mean, honestly, like really good veterans, a lot of them. Uh, what's it called? Regret Billy Billy's regretting letting go of Kuro at this point, right? Like, I mean, not that Fofo has been bad, but that's a different story. Um, so, savvy veterans, smart drafters. Do we think t- this one basically comes down to do we think T one limit test? Like, do we think T one are going to keep trying to experiment? Because I think if, if T one keep trying to experiment, I, I like t- I like KT to take a game. I don't think they're going to win the series, but I like KT to take a game. In that matchup, though, I feel like I feel like T one's not limit testing in that matchup. No, there's still a lot of bad blood there. Not like legitimate, like fight in the streets, bad blood, but a lot, a lot of esports bad blood. Yeah, there's a rivalry there, and yeah, I don't. I think KT Rollster are actually good. Like, I think they're the fourth best team in Korea. I don't know about fourth, but they're definitely much better than we had the previous season. Well, like who's better? That that's the thing. Like. 
Afrika looks uh, like they've just checked out. Griffin sucks except for last night. Damwon, it's like, like, Damwon is going to be your fifth playoff team right now. The team we just saw this morning is your fifth playoff team. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I, I think KT, because KT's just consistent. So I think they are the, like, your, your, they're not, they're going to be your four seed, I think. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, Hanwha sucks. APK sucks. Griffin sucks. And APK is not eliminated from playoffs either, by the way. They're not, but. Alright, well, let's go to that match because they're in the next match then. So we have Hanwha Life minus. Hanwha Life favored. What? How? Hanwha Life oh, minus 145 gosh. against APK plus 109. So, alright, this one's. I'm going to let John. I'm going to let Josh talk on this because he he likes APK here. I kind of think this might be like a fade the narrative spot. And yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, I I actually think that you know I don't think that's worse. I I would be more for it if Hanu was plus money. I think this is one of those games. Like I don't know. For me, I oftentimes when it's two teams that I think are bottom of the barrel, I just want the plus money team. Same. And here that's APK. So uh, give me APK. Um, and I know John's talked about in the past too. Um, something I've had decent success with. Like if you think a team's going to win, just take their two O. So like if I can get APK money line for plus one ten, then APK two O is probably like plus two hundred or something. And like like you said, like APK has some chops. They have some players. Hanwa is just like they're weird, but I think APK <clears throat> is more like discipline, and discipline seems to kind of win out in the LCK. Obviously, like, I'm not as experienced handicapping the region as you guys who have done it for more years, but in my experience over the past, you know, year, year and a half, too, uh, it seems like the more disciplined team generally wins the game, and that going for all phases, like, meaning, you know, draft into gameplay. Um, and APK, like you said, like, they kind of have uh, a decent understanding of the meta. Like, they're just going to draft non-losing lanes and matchups, focus around Drake's, uh, make smart trades and only take fights when they need to. Well, except for maybe like this morning, maybe. But, uh, like, I don't know. They, they seem to, to know how to play the game. I mean, they impressed me a lot this morning in their game two against Gen G because that was a matchup Gen G should have stomped, in my opinion. But, uh, and I think they didn't have the greatest scaling comp on APK side either. Um, but they were just able to literally just outmaneuver them around Drake's. They used their Callista Ren perfectly to melt down a Drake to get Drake's soul, and then were able to just snowball that into a victory. Like, I don't know. I, I think they just make the right plays, and Conwell hasn't necessarily showed me the same outside recently, at least. Yeah, it's th- this one's an interesting spot because I, I I do think what you're saying is right. Like APK are a very smart team. Like I, I, I so part of me. Th- this APK are like the prime example of season 10 league of legends to me. Like they're, they're an example of this is just the way it is right now. Like in years past, this team would have been a victory five or a gin air, but it like, I don't want to I've been harping on it. I feel like I've said it every week. Like individual play matters a lot less than it used to. Like all you need to do is be smart and have like a relatively deep champion pool. So like on that level, individual play matters, but, like, mechanics matter way, way less than they have in, in seasons past. We don't know if that's going to stay the same. They could make some big changes at the halfway point. But as it currently stands, like, we're on patch 10.6 right now, and 10.7 doesn't look like it's going to change too much either. 
it's it's more about team play and being smart and APK are both. Like they rarely lose drafts. They're they're doing the fly quest thing, right? So and in Korea where there's no real up tempo team to punish anybody besides like maybe the top three when they want to, that's gonna win you some games. So yeah, I, it's probably just take the APK money line, but I'm like my my head is like, okay, they've been doing too well recently. It's time for them to turn into a pumpkin again. But I I don't know. Smart teams tend to be consistent. I think yeah, I think I think it's just that approach makes sense if the odds were flop. I think if the odds were flipped, I'd be on Honor, honestly. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's I, how I think you're right. I think this is a spot where like you just take the plus odds. Uh, cause, especially because Hamwa look like they don't know what's going on right now. Uh, that team confuses me so much. Like That team should be better. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but they should be better than they've been. But they just always look like they... They always look like they're looking ahead to next season. They look that way for like three splits now, right? Anyway, uh, Sandbox, plus 189. KT Rolster, minus 263. KT, minus 1.5 is at plus 121. Sandbox have been looking a little bit better recently. Uh, it looked like the benching maybe was a reality check for Summit, who played a lot better um, since he's come back. Uh, they've they've been playing with Summit and Punch. They haven't brought on Fleek back, so I I do think they've looked better, which makes me think that they could maybe get a game here. But I don't know. I, I would lean KT minus one and a half, but I could definitely see Sandbox taking a game. I've, I'd have to like dive into this more. Thoughts. Uh, I think I'm on the same line as you. Sandbox have shown some signs of life once they brought back Summit. Um, and KT, I guess they, KT would, this would be a helpful game for me to know if KT is the fourth best team, like you mentioned. If they uh, soundly beat Sandbox, because that's what they're supposed to do. I still think that their top lane is a weak point for KT overall. And uh, Sandbox, Sandbox at their peak, looks unstoppable. Yeah. But we just don't know which one we're getting here. So one game, I think it's very reasonable. Yeah. I, I kind of think like, if you think summit, if you think summit runs away with a game, like that's, that's what you need to, that's what you need to look at handicapping this one for, I think. And it's really hard to do that in the top lane right now, but he's also good enough to do that. Like there's not very many guys that can do that. Like, like who are, who are the top laners that can run away with a game? Like in their regions, this could be like a neat little side topic. Shy. The Shy. Nogari, um, I think. Khan. Zoom. Jinu. Zoom. Rip, rip Jinu, dude. <laughs> He's playing. Quest, Viper. Solo, you mean? Solo. Yeah, we're, I was going to say, we're forgetting about the greatest top laner of all time, Solo. Car, the Carson the Carson Wentz of League of Legends. No, <laughs> I don't want to call him the Carson Wentz. He just kind of looks like Carson Wentz. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's not actually comparing at all. But. Uh, yeah, like Bwipo. Bwipo. Uh, I was thinking so hard for an LBC. Yeah, I just said Khan. Wander. Uh, Finn did it last week against Misfits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Finn, Finn is a little bit too inconsistent, I think. Yeah. Keen, I think, would be good on the team. Oh, Keen. Yeah, Keen's good. Good. Uh, actually, honestly, it's a lot of Korean top laners. Someday. Someday. Yeah. yeah. So, someday can hard carry. Like someday, someday you want to talk about something they can put the carry pants on. He's one of them. Yeah, Who so I don't about want to split. Yeah, I, that's probably about right. So yeah, if you think Sandbox have looked 
like a little bit better, but like I think KT are they're an experienced team that they're they've now seen Damwon punt this morning. I mean, we're gonna I think KT played tomorrow too. So, oh no, they play Friday and Saturday back to back. So that's an angle too. If they over prepare for T one, I, I don't. I think that's overstated a little too much. I always bring that up, but I don't want to put too much weight on it. Yeah, I think I think KT minus one and a half. I think take the plus odds. This isn't like a heavy duty thing because I could see KT punting a game, but yeah, I think this is a. I was gonna say I think I think one one thing about this is wait for the T one KT series first because if KT end up winning the series like they're minus one and a half is already plus one twenty one so it's not gonna move that much to where it's unbettable mm-hmm. even if they move to minus one ten that's still bettable in my opinion uh, but if they also get smacked then you're gonna be looking at uh, you know much better odds for them yeah that's a good point that's a good point. Um... Thing is, Sandbox also play T one tomorrow. So, <laughs> but like the thing is, like that 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 is cat. Like it's currently baked in. Like I don't think that's going to change much if they just get two would by T one. Like no one's going to be surprised by that. So, um, Sunday Dragon X minus four hundred Afrika plus two sixty eight. Isn't this just the spot where Afrika randomly two zero? Like I'm not betting it, but like doesn't it feel that way? Maybe I'm just snake bitten. I don't know, <laughs> but. <laughs> Doesn't this feel like a freak? I'd be like, all right, we went a little bit too far off the deep end. I don't know. Dragon X are really good. I'm going to have a hard time ever betting against Dragon X, honestly. Yeah, they look fantastic. The problem is, like, it is that spot, but the problem is this is the worst team to do it against because even, like, I just feel like their their weakness being mid lane is the worst against Chobie. Yeah. Like, cause like you, I think you mentioned last week that Choby wins CS and wins lane, like regardless of what he's on. Like you'll see Faker lose lane every once in a while, but this is a work team for that, for you to have weakness in the mid lane. Yeah. Choby, Choby's going to take a dump on fly or all in. I don't care who it is. Like it's, I mean, I, I've been saying it. Like I, I think Chovy is probably, you have to put him in that conversation for best player in the world. Like, I really do. And I, I know he has, like, these weird checkout performances sometimes when they're losing, like, these tilt-off performances. But he reminds me a lot of, like, young Uzi, where, like, earlier in his, like early on in his career, he would just, like, tilt off in some games. But then, like, come back the next game and just put on, like, a, a biblical-level beatdown. Like, he's just, like – I mean, that Zoe game was one of the best Zoe games I've ever seen anybody play last week. Like, he's unbelievably good when – I, I think, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the mid lane matchup is just too severe, and I, I don't like to talk too much about individual situations, but in this case, it's so drastic that... And the and the fact that Dragon X are just good everywhere. Like, they're good in every lane, too. So, uh, Dragon X 2-0. I think that's going to get... You're going to lose value on that as the week goes on, too, especially if they just smash damn one. Last game of the LCK, How My Life, plus 419. We'll say 420, just to blaze it. Gen G, minus 714. The Gen G minus one and a half at minus one sixty four. You know, Gen G might be limit testing a little bit, and Hamwa might be at this point fighting to avoid relegation. But it's kind of like it's weird. All the all the, like Sandbox Griffin Hamwa life are all battling to stay out of relegation. And honestly, how messed up is this? Afrika are actually fighting to avoid relegation at this point. So there's mm-hmm. a chance they kind of show up for that, but. Genji, Genji two zero. Don't overthink it. Don't get cute. Yeah, <laughs> Anything else on the LCK? 
a wins playoffs for them. Uh, so there's two more weeks in the regular season, just two like more... China. Yeah, they're, they're going to be roughly uh, the third week of April. Perfect. Oh, they, they usually take a week off, so it'll probably be like the end of April. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule yet. Um, LPL? Let's do it. Let me write this down real quick. LPL at... All right, so we start off with a real doozy. You guys ready for this one? Dominus. The hot – they're on fire. They've won like three games in their past ten. They're on fire. Minus 345. <laughs> against the one and only. Victory five. Is this the time? Is this Gen Air 2.0 or what? Like this is – this is straight up Gen Air 2.0 where it's just like, we have to, we have to go all in on V5 here. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even getting good odds though in this match. They're like plus 230. It's like, give me the Gen Air odds like plus 1,000 like they were in every match. <laughs> fair enough, fair they enough. have to win a game, right? No. They won one. They won one in there. They are they professional have... League of Legends players, correct? <laughs> and like, am I missing yeah. something? Maybe they're like letting, like, I, I don't know, like maybe they're letting their mom play. From out from home. Oh, I didn't even think about this angle. We need eyes on Wei Yan's mother too, by the way, because this this could be this could be. I don't want to I don't want to incite rage or anything like that, but this could be some kind of family based problem. Maybe I don't know. Maybe his brother is his brother taking over Alias's account. I don't know. I don't know. That might actually be an upgrade, so I don't. I don't really want to. Is Vic... how are Dominus three hundred point favorites against any professional League of Legends team? I don't know if Dominus would be minus three forty five against like Golden Guardians. I uh, know they probably would be. I'm a liar. Never mind. I take that back. But on a best of three, yes, yes, they could. Be. So the victory, the victory five to take a game is at minus one thirty-five. That's the that's the angle you look at here. I kind of want to like <laughs> the series is just too funny because the, the power dominance minus three hundred favorites. It's insane. You like this is the spot, right? Or do we wait until like week like the last week? I just don't think the odds on victory five are good enough. I think they just get slow. Yeah, like why aren't we getting plus odds? on the plus 1.5 yet i'm so uh, upset i guess because like i'm already i'm already cr- like saying like how is dominus a minus 300 point favorite when we're asking for them to be 500 point favorites to get plus odds you know like so i guess i shouldn't be complaining this i'm st- dominus win this match dominus win this match and victory five cement their legacy as the worst professional team in history can they even get five victories like yeah the they state? have they have uh oh my god how many games do they uh, let's let's have some fun and project victory five schedule moving forward because wait here we go so victory is worse than eight than uh than there's no way i think there is i think there is maybe so all right victory five the rest of the season they get dominus on friday they get top esports on monday Billy Billy on Thursday, Ooh. Vici on Saturday, and that's their last game. Unless I forget, were they in the the games that got rescheduled? I forget. I'll check. I'll check. Yeah, I'm not sure because I know we had those rescheduled games, but uh, I I don't think they were in that 
group. Yeah, so it was, how many was that? That was one, two. No, they're not in that Three, room. four, and they have four more games to play. Okay, yeah. So they're currently one and 24. I don't know. Is this a spot? Is this a spot? Or are we just staying away from this one? How many, how many over under victory five game victories for the season? I'll set it at two and a half. I might, I might honestly take the under, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, I'm briefly, I'm briefly looking up uh, Janair just for a comparison from last season. I guess like Billy Billy is basically resigned to refusing to 2 0 anybody at this point because they'll just draft like. <laughs> least mid lane or something ridiculously stupid. So maybe they get a game off of them. But like I don't know, this team. So spring twenty nineteen Jin Air went three and thirty five in games in an eighteen series regular season because they played double round robin. They went one and seventeen, they did win a series and they won one game besides that. Jin Air in summer went 0 and eighteen but they won four games. So they went four and 36. I think victory five is the worst professional team ever. I think, yeah, I, I think I, they're going to win maybe two games. Like, I think yeah. they're like, yes. yeah, you're right there. Cause too, the other, the other angle too, is like, hypothetically speaking, the LPL is such a larger league too, that there should be more parity and ability to win than like the more concentrated LCK. So, I kind of think Dominus minus one point five is plus odds. <laughs> there you go. You know, what, give, me, I, give, give me give me Dominus minus one and a half. I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. I'll do I'm, it. I made a lot of my money last year betting the bad matchups, honestly. But and Dominus I'm, have looked better recently. I'll give them credit for that. Ahead, they look Bruce. like a team. They legitimately look like a team that has way on on it. To be honest with you, like they, some of their, like legitimately, some of their matchups, they just like look real good, and then the next match they look just awful, and then they look pretty good the next season. Like they, they legitimately look like a way on team. So how many teams do we have way on? Because this is going to be the episode title. So we had like t- what was it? It was it was a uh, Golden Guardians way on. Who was the first one we mentioned? I don't even remember. It was Canyon Damwon. Oh, it was Damwon. It was Damwon. And then now Victory 5, or no, now Dominus. And there was another one in there. I forget who. We'll put Dominus. Damn one Dominus, Victory 5, way on. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> um, Fun Plus, minus 526. I'm not, I can't believe we spent that much time talking about this, but the memes were too funny, so we had to. <laughs> Fun Plus, minus 526 against Vici, plus 333. We'll say Vici to take a game is at plus 109. So. You know, Vici were starting to finally impress me, and then they also just – I don't want to say they laid – they didn't lay an egg as bad as Damwon. They just lost in such spectacular fashion that you can't forget that. It's just ingrained in my head. Did you see the, how they lost game three today? Did you guys see this game? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty unfortunate series in general. I don't even Vici, think but... it was unfortunate. Dude, like, you're pushing to win the game. The enemy team has no engage other than a Renekton flank. You're in their base. How do they get a flank off on you? How do you <laughs> you see him walking around? He's walking down about tower. He's clearly going to try to come around in your back line. Let's not do anything about it and lose the team fight in the game. What is this gold solo queue? 
I'm fired up tonight, man. I don't like this morning got me like tilted on a, a level I've seeing the damn seeing that and then the damn one series was like, what is League of Legends, man? Like, what is this? Like, how are these professional players? I have no answer. Fun plus two. None. Fun plus two. Oh, I think it's. Wow. I, I think the series is just like just pressed correctly across the board. Like, I didn't want to bet any any of these lines. All right. Well, I'm going to test that theory. I'm going to test that theory. Invictus minus eight thirty three. Billy Billy plus four fifty two. No TOP. Wait. I'm looking. I'm I'm skipping just to test this. Oh, theory. Being Billy Billy. I mean, obviously. Uh, it's a bad example because Invictus tended to toss games, but yeah. The problem is, I only think it's actually funny. I only think Invictus will two o teams that are like near their level. Like I was surprised they didn't two o RNG because I think that's like one of the only teams that they would actually two o. That game one was one of the sickest games this entire year yeah, in any awesome. league. That whole series was actually outstanding. RNG played super well too. Yeah. God, those two, those two teams hate each other so much. You can just see it. It's awesome. <laughs> It's oh man, so I wanted awesome. some. I wanted some sweet returns or something. I was all over Twitter talking about it. They had an MLXG like they showed him in the video package. I was like, oh, we need MLXG back. Where's Ning? Bring everybody back. Uzi, bring him back for this matchup. Just grudge match. Just put him in a cage. Just let like just cage match like WWE style. Just like everybody like, steal chairs and ladders and all that, dude. Fun plus two zero. Uh, Vici. Vici have gotten better, and I think I think the thing to talk about besides the handicap on this one is that I, I think I finally have to admit I was at least a little bit wrong on Forge. Like, he's come around. That said, he still makes a lot of really questionable decisions and has definitely punted games, like, this season. So, he's kind of the same player, but I think in the current metagame where you have stuff like Silas and Cassidin and, and Irelia that are, like, good, relevant picks... He's going to have some success. And I like that they're not making him play the other stuff as well. Like, they're making, they're putting him on comfort champions because they know what they're, they're dealing with. But I also think, like, you don't want to play that game against Fun Plus. Like, you, I guess, like, the, the pro Vici argument is that they have been getting better, ignoring that loss today. They have been getting better over the course of the season. I do think they're going to be pretty good in summer if they can figure if Forge can get a little bit better. But and you could also argue that Fun Plus have been kind of sloppy in their game ones in their last couple series, besides the victory five one, which was maybe the most savage victory I've ever seen in a professional game. Like they they had like a ten k gold lead at like fourteen minutes. I was like, is that how's that possible? Like I don't actually think it's possible. But anyway, uh, I don't know. I I know it's the LPL and LPL two O's and all this, but give me Fun Plus minus minus one point five. Like they have, they still have a chance to catch Invictus for that number one seed too. And I know I tend to over, like I I put too much weight on this in the past, but like currently Fun Plus are number two, but they also have they also have six more series to play, while most of these teams only have like four or five. So they could conceivably still catch Invictus. Invictus also have six games left, so. I don't know. The one and two seeds is not really a difference in the LPL besides like finals seeding if they or if they play each other, they get side selection. So maybe they check out and experiment a little bit. Like is just the other angle is like the con or it's con versus um Gimgoon. It looks like they're just going to be sticking with con moving forward. They look comfortable enough now. And he's been good. 
I don't know. Yeah, Khan's been good. I expect he'll play. Uh, yeah, if I'm plus minus one and a half. I'll lay 145 for that. That's good enough for me. T.O.P. Oh, my God. The LPL. Never change, LPL. Never change. Uh, minus 455 against Billy Billy plus 300. We'll say Billy Billy to take a game is at minus 120. T.O.P. have been limit testing a little bit. They've been trying some new things. And then they lost straight up to WE this morning. Like, that wasn't even... Like, again, in, against Rogue Warriors game two, weird composition. They were trying some things out. This morning, they just straight up lost. Now, WE did have, like, five days off. I kind of talked about that in my blog post. Uh, to, like, WE hadn't played since Thursday, so they kind of, and they have to win these matches. Whereas T.O.P. looked like they might be kind of settled in to just, like, okay, we're in playoffs. Like, there's no way we fall out of playoffs at this point, but... There was also an Elise that entered the game. I just oh, thought yeah. I'd make sure that Elise yeah. was involved. In the <laughs> Josh, you, was that you tweeting about this? You're like, I, there's there's not a single champion. Uh, uh, Renekton is actually a close second, but there's not a single champion I hate more in League of Legends than Elise because she stomps solo queue games and pros are so much better. They're just like, oh, yeah, Elise is good. Yeah, strap me Elise here. We need AP damage. Like, let me just run Elise. And then... Literally after 15 minutes, you never see her. It, it's like, if you're, like, I always say if you're playing Elise, the game has to end by 25 minutes or you lost. Like, it's not even questionable. You legit lost the game. Like, it's- Yeah, she's like an even worse version of, like, Olaf or something when it comes to, like, their yeah. late game usefulness versus early game. But the thing for me with Elise is, like, I don't even really think Elise is that much better at the pro level than, like, Gragas. Like, I think Gragas' I early think, ganks are just as good as Elise's, except Gragas isn't completely worthless after 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I think every, I think more or less every, there's probably, like, a couple niche situations where I think Elise would be better. But, like, in 95-plus percent of situations where you pick Elise, Gragas is a better pick. Like, yeah, if I mean, you need like, AP damage out of the jungle, Gragas is a better pick. You need uh, – honestly, I think Karthus is a better pick most oh, of the yeah, time. I agree. The, only, the only team that Elise makes sense for is E-Star – because they just want to tower dive bot every yeah. game. Yeah. So you go tower dive, then get your repel off for free. Yeah. Like, if, if you're not tower diving with Elise, you're losing. It's the only reason to draft a champion, in my opinion, yeah. is if you really think in one lane you're going to be able to hard shove your wave so bad that you can tower dive three times before 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, she's a champion, like, if she gets to 5-0, she's, like, almost, like, she's just you just can't even mess with her at all if she gets to 5-0. Yeah. But when does any pro player ever get to 5-0? Like, it's just so rare that it would ever happen. That, it, yeah, it just is a... And a any, any champion at five, Like, Karthus on 5-0 is also... <laughs> yeah. See, I kind of think you need to treat Elise. Like, do you remember... Uh, oh, my God, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Like, the concept of an anti-carry is, like, more popular in Dota than it is in League. Because, like, denying is, like, a more potent strategy there. But, like, I kind of look at Elise as, like, a uh, like an anti-carry in that – not, not like, in terms of, like, the actual champion in the game. But, like, if, if you want to – in terms of matchups, like, if you have one player on the other team that you just have to delete from the game, she's amazing at doing that. Like, if you want to set up a situation where – like, if you're against Afrika, if you want to set up a situation where we're just deleting Keen from the game – then you pick Elise and a lane that can shove and you just dive him over and over and take him out of the game. Or you know he's going to play Jace or something and play aggressive and you can punish him that way. You take him out of the game. If you trust your other lanes to just win outright, like without any jungle help, 
and you want to take someone out of the game, Elise is great at that. Her 2v2 is absolutely ridiculous also. So I do think that's the spot, but I think teams pick her as like the – she's like the tier one AP jungler when I don't think she should be in the same ballpark. Like she's a situational pick to me. Yeah, the, I think I think the issue is that like uh, John or one of you just mentioned like the 10K gold lead thing, like it doesn't happen, right? So like almost every game eventually evolves into a team fight around Baron or a team fight around Drake Soul or a team fight around whatever. Like it's very rare that in professional play you're going to get a substantial enough lead in the early game that having a single target jungler with limited utility other than trying to delete a backline carry, which you probably can't get to in this tank meta anyways, like that it'll be useful. So I, did, I don't understand these coaches, like how people don't recognize this is mind-blowing. Yeah, I do think that like in metagames where it's not tank heavy, she's a lot better because you can just delete anybody. doesn't matter who it is. Uh, in those situations, she's better. But yeah, I don't know. You're right. We did have an Elise sighting this morning. So back to uh, T.O.P. Billy Billy. Um, Billy Billy, a perplexing team, right? They're kind of a frustrating team to handicap because, like, I I do think that they've looked at least a little bit better. They don't look as bad as it, and it looks like they are starting to figure out their drafting issues. Like they're not they're not like insta losing in draft. Billy Billy playing a composition that I would want them on is like I think plus three hundred is an auto bet for Billy Billy, and the only question for me is whether or not they're going to draft any compositions that I would actually ever put them on. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like the angle on this series, because I, I think if you're going to do, I do think Billy Billy just take a game because I like TOP haven't exactly, but they've been mostly playing just like two core scaling. And I think if you're going to play that game against Billy Billy, they're, they're live to take any game. So I, I mean, TOP are clearly a better team. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that, but I do think Billy Billy get a game here. And underdog spreads in the LPL have been killing it this season. So that's there's that angle too. Um, I think they're like 61 in something now. Let me take a brief look. Yeah, I, I didn't do this morning's, but like I'm trying to think of who who covered this morning. Yeah, they're like 60 and they're like 40 and 60, or they're 60 and 40. So literally 60%, which is crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. Billy Billy plus 1.5. I actually think that's a pretty sweet pick. I know minus 120, you kind of like to get plus odds on it, but that's a pretty good spot. Um, OMG, minus 357. LGD plus 248. We'll say LGD to take a game at minus 123. Yeah, I think this one's a no bet for me. OMG kind of sadly for me reminds me of kind of like an origin type team where they're like they're playing pretty slow for the LPL. <clears throat> they're they're like an origin with more variance, but they're playing slower, more controlled, their games are lower scoring. I don't know. I'm disappointed that that's how they turned out with the lineup that they have. I feel like they could have been a, a hyper aggressive like ball out style team and they really haven't played that way. It makes me a little bit sad. I I, I kind of uh, think OMG are they're like origin but their macro is not as good. Like it's not yeah. as reliable. Like it's good. It's just not reliable enough to like me like to ever feel confident about them 2-0ing like they yeah, played, I'm pretty sure they, they played this morning and I was like there's no way they're going to 2-0 this series and of course they did but like that that's like the kind of spot where I'm never ever going to trust this team to 2-0 unless it's victory 5 yeah I agree with you I'm not betting this series at all but at the same time like they're also like a good like punch up underdog meaning like 
I, I like they could definitely just win games against Fun Plus or Invictus or you know JDG. Like they they can win games against these teams because the players are good enough. Their players are outstanding. I just don't trust them in larger sample sizes. So, uh, I mean, then again, you're getting close to even money here. And LGD at some, LGD have already, it looked like they've kind of checked out a little bit. Besides Peanut, who looks like he's playing for a job somewhere else, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. LGD have had some really weird random spike performances. Like, if they can get ahead in some... LGD are an Elise team. Like, they're definitely an Elise team. Like, Elise, Olaf, Lee Sin. Like, Peanut gets ahead and carries or they lose. And they've they've snowballed on some people's. Like, I could see LGD taking a game in this series. But I don't know if it's enough to bet it. I would want plus money on that. Uh, WE, plus 163. E-Star, minus 222. WE looking really good. I, we So, we mentioned them earlier but do we want to talk about like the the teacher ma revolution here because teacher ma is like i don't want to say he's the only reason this team's turned around but admittedly he was terrible last year when he played and was not that exciting in the first couple series we saw him this year but they've been pretty good with him in the lineup and i don't know if it's just a symptom of the metagame having pantheon and some of these weird picks in it but that very well I think Beishong's an elite jungler too, yeah, which Beishong's is making, been, which Beishong. is a big difference maker. He's been really, really good, particularly on like the Echo. Uh, it's, it's tough not to take WE here, right? It's like it's, Star has just not been beating anybody in the last like three matchups. They've also played good teams in their last three matchups. Yeah, like, WE looks look, looks pretty solid. Yeah, I, I actually think E Star. I, I wrote about this a little bit. I think E-Star impressed me more in that loss to JDG than in a lot of their wins. Like, because they showed me that they're not a one-trick. Like, they're actually developing and they're trying to do some different things now. I don't think they're as good as their record, obviously. But I do think they're good enough to take this series. Like, I I, th- I might actually lay E-Star money line here. Because I, I think WE... Hmm... This for me, we haven't talked about it at all this show, but this is a uh, this is a DFS like master matchup. Oh yeah, you want to be all over WE and E Star. Yeah, WE with like insane kill per win. They just added to it again today. Would they have like a twenty eight kill win today? Like, yeah, I don't care which side you're on, but you should be involved. Yeah, you should play both sides. Like, not maybe not in the same game, but you should definitely play both sides of this because they. Oh, do it, do it, do it, do it. Team stack uh, depends on this. This is this the spot? (laughs) Is this like the single, the one spot for a game stack? I know uh, we don't we don't advocate for that, but we don't advocate for that. The problem yeah. the problem here is like RNG is going to destroy Rogue Warriors, and it's hard to see them not putting up a ton of kills. But like you can definitely see it in the OMG series, right? Like John mentioned. Yeah, we're on we're on WE Star. Yeah, no, I'm saying for oh, the, the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. Because yeah, with RNG on that same slate, <clears throat> it's going to be tough to to, to game stack this one. Yeah, I was going to say the other the other. I mean. I guess the angle against it is that I'm pretty sure. Let me just take a look real quick. RNG could fall victim to that thing too, where if a team is that much better than their opponents, sometimes they just win with 12 kills because they win at 23 minutes and just like steamroll yeah, them. RNG have not been a high kill per win team, like, and their average is really boosted by a couple spike performances, namely against like Invictus and and E Star. So, or not E Star because they were actually low killed in the E Star game. But like, if you look at like RNG's kills like kill per win over the course of the season, it's also steadily gone downhill. Like they have a, they have like 
let me see, we've got like a 22, a 21, a 26, 24, and then everything else has been like in the 15 range a lot of the time. So I think they are like slightly below average. Um, and then uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on for the WE star one is that, I mean, E-Star are always going to have high kills in their wins just by the nature of how they play. So even if WE have like a low kill per loss number, like a below average number, I still think this series is just like the way to go. Like you just want to be involved in this one. In terms of a side, though, I, I don't know. I, I think E-Star. I don't know if I trust the 2-0, but I think E-Star are going to win this one. I still think E-Star is very good. Anyway, next. RNG, Rogue Warriors. RNG minus 1250. Rogue Warriors plus 600. Yeah, I don't think um, anyone's betting that one. Rogue Warriors to take a game plus 178. Uh, Rogue Warriors have been, like, feisty. As an underdog. Like, every time I think this team is, like, down and out, they just refuse to lose. I will bet Rogue Warriors to take a game if and only if Uzi starts. Ooh. Does that sound? Hot take. That's an interesting... Ooh. Because it is getting to be about that time, right? What's the, what's the yeah. old internet video? It's getting to be about that time, right, chaps? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked last week about how, like, if they're going to play in this split, they going to need to roll him out soon so he gets a couple weeks of stage time, right? So, like, I think I think that first game he comes back, we'll see odds shift towards RNG and just fade it immediately. Yeah. Kind of like you talked about, like, the, the whole continuity thing, communication, all that. Like, we know Uzi's been playing. He's been in the shop. Um, he even streamed, and he's been back with the team for a while. But I think it's just a whole new – like, I think it's just a whole new dynamic – when you have, like, even if you're just, you don't want to disappoint that person as his teammate, that can just add some pressure and make you make a, you know, minor mistake here or there. That I the do game. think this one's a little bit different because Ming's played many years with him. But at the same time, yeah, I, th- I think getting into game shape, you know, to use like a football analogy. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if we're going to see him. I think I think they've been so good with Betty in the lineup that he should just maybe look for a summer return, like take as much time off. Um, unless they're like afraid that the time off is going to end up being bad, like too much time off is bad, which I could see being a, a situation as well. So keep an eye on the lineups for this because I I agree with that take. Fade Uzi in his first game back, he'll have two penalty kills in this game, by the way. But you know that's that's how it is. Um. I don't know, man. See, to me, Rogue Warriors are they're a good underdog, but I also think that they're good against like LPL style teams and RNG don't like RNG play a much more disciplined game and they're not going to lose to teams like this, like as often as like say an Invictus or an E-Star or JDG or like all these teams that want to fight a lot and introduce variants to the game. Like I, I think RNG are not the kind of team that you want to take. You got to treat RNG like origin a little bit, I think. That's that. I, honestly, that's how I've been treating them, which is why the Invictus series impressed me so much because they were like played Invictus's game and beat them at it, which is insane. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. RNG is not like a super highly variant team. I think they'll take this one pretty easily. Um, Sunday, Dominus plus one seventy eight, Sooning minus two forty four, Sooning minus one point five is at plus one twenty eight. Pick uh, of the week. Yeah, go ahead, John. I was gonna say it was you made it pick of the week, so go for it. Sooning minus one point five, my pick of the week. I, uh, I actually, I think Sunning's a little bit underrated, actually. I do, too. They've, they've, had, they've had some tough matchups, and I thought they've been playing pretty well. They've kept a lot of games close against really good teams. 
I, I like them quite a bit, and I think Dominus is possibly playing with way on, and I think that Sooning <laughs> is going to win this game 2-0. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take the minus 1.5, but I'm also going to say Dominus is going to pick up a win before this. So you, you wait on the line, I think. Let Dominus pick up their win. I don't think the books are going to account for a win against Victory 5 a whole lot, but it might count for something. So uh, I would wait a little bit, but I'm going to bet the Sunning minus 1.5. Yeah, Sunning, uh, Sunning had just like an insanely brutal stretch of their schedule. Like they had to play WE, who's been pretty good. Then they had to play Invictus, JDG, and Top in a row. Then they got a, a you know a softball in victory five. Then they just they just lost OMG this morning. Yeah, and they've made battles of a lot of games against all those teams. Oh, yeah. even, if, even if they lost them, they've really battled with a lot of those teams. So I, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I think part part of the reason I was on the Sooning like I was on Sooning as an underdog this morning against OMG was because like one OMG haven't been consistent to owing anyone. They happen to in this situation, but yeah, Sooning took took a game. I mean. They took a game off uh, T.O.P., they took a game off J.D.G., and, like, the one Invictus game was actually, like, kind of competitive, too. So, I-, I do think this team's underrated. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team at this point, but I do think they're, like, in that caliber. Like, there's – we, we kind of talked before the season that we thought there was, like, 10 or 11 LPL, like, playoff quality teams in the LPL, but only eight were going to get spots. And I think Sooning are, like, in that range. Like, they're probably – they're good enough, but I don't know if they're going to get there. So – that said, I mean this is like do or die for them, like the rest of the way. Like they have to they basically have to win out at this point, I think. They have So they have four more No, they only have three more matches. They have to get to eight and eight, and I don't think eight and eight's gonna be good enough. So there's a chance maybe if they see like OMG or EDG or one of these teams get to eight wins that there's some checkout potentially, but I, I think they're gonna dominate Dominus. I think they're just gonna take care of business. Josh, that's my pick. I'm on the same side. I think, yeah, I think Sunni minus 1.5. Uh, although now I'm hesitant because I know John's passed with with Dominus, so I, I don't really know. <laughs> um, fun plus minus 345 against EDG plus 239. EDG to take a game is at minus 135. This, I mean. Fun plus, I'm going fun plus two zero again. Like, I, I'm 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 with you on this one. Like, I think EDG have been good, and they've overachieved a little bit. And I think that might not be like a fluke or anything. They might just be better than I thought they were. Considering like, if you consider like all the like the the whole situation they went through with this roster, it's actually amazing that they've been this good. Audi just reinventing himself. Like this team's impressed me a lot, and they've been pretty smart for the most part. But Fun Plus are just on a different level. Well, and so, and uh, they play obviously on uh, Thursday morning, and Junu and JJ, uh, GG? JJ, yeah. Back um, now. So this will be only their second series together as five uh, as well, which is interesting. I'm calling my shot on this one. I'm not betting this matchup. I think one of the games, Jinu is going to absolutely destroy Khan and win the game for EDG, and then FunPlus is going to win 2-1. Call him a shot. Khan's about to get exposed in this series. Ooh. I, so I, I, I'm on the side, but only because it's plus money to take the game off of IG, and I think they're below the threshold of teams that IG can see the threats. So, like, I could definitely see IG playing with them, but... Uh, 
from an actual gameplay perspective, like I have actually been impressed with Billy Billy's drafts. Like uh, their most recent series, picking uh, series, sorry, picking uh, the galley to, to kind of combat the LeBlanc. I actually, like, I don't think we've seen Galio much in the pro scene. So I thought that was pretty innovative. Um, I've been a pretty big fan of Fofo. So I think that's a pretty solid combo. The problem is, like, Rookie also may playing, but, like, I don't know. I, I just think this is a spot where a bit of can maybe steal one. Yeah. I don't know. It does, it does feel like – basically, to me, like, you're, handi- you're handicapping whether you think Invictus check out a little bit for this one yeah. or, like, limit test a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I kind of think uh, it's just this is a draft. This is a draft series. Because like if Billy Billy try to play scaling against this, they're just gonna get run over. And like I have no mm-hmm. faith in it whatsoever. Because like they're not gonna. The whole premise of playing scaling is that you just like minimize losses in lanes, and it's so difficult to do that against the laners that Invictus have. So I, I don't think you want to play that game against them. I think you need to you know fight fire with fire. To have a shot, and I mean, we saw RNG do that, and RNG are typically not that kind of team. So it's going to be. I do think Billy Billy have that in their toolbox, though, for sure. Like we've seen them do it. Like put Meteor on Olaf and see if they can snowball a game out of control. But that said, I'm probably just staying away from this one. Like the, to me, the only angle to play this one is like props or Billy Billy plus one point five. I might end up on the Billy Billy plus one point five. You're right. We'll see. If they lose to TOP, I'm definitely going to like it, actually, because <laughs> it's probably going to be, like, in the, you know, 180 range at that point, plus 180. So, yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. Pick of the week. Uh, I know we already went over a couple. I still have to figure mine out, as usual. So, we'll... Um... I, went with, I went with the Sunning minus 1.5 against DMO at plus 128, although that might improve to maybe, like, the plus 140 range when DMO gets their win over Victory 5. But, yep, I like Sunning minus 1.5. Who wants to go next? Uh, I can go next. I, I think I'm just going to take the one we just talked about, actually, FPX minus one and a half against EDG. Um, I think also there's a potential we get a, a decently better number. Get him a snack, I guess. Sorry. You're good. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So EDG plays uh, LNG Thursday morning, and I assume they'll win that series. So hopefully maybe we'll get an even better number there for FPX. Um, although it may already be priced in, but I, I think like you said, FPX is just kind of like on another level right now. Um, while EDG has some players, like I, I'm just not picking against FPX and I can, they can kind of steamroll anyone except Invictus at this point. John's going to owe me and Josh a beer. <laughs> I, I'm, I swear to God, this isn't rage. But give me Dragon X minus one and a half against Dan one on Friday. I think it's a really good bet. I mean, yeah, getting really plus one thirty five on like an elite team against a mediocre team. That's right. I called Dan one a mediocre team. Come at me. I don't know. That seems infuriating. They're gonna two zero this series. Watch. But yeah, give me give me Dragon X minus one and a half. Trophy's gonna dumpster whoever starts in mid lane. It doesn't even matter. Uh, so let me write that down. We got Dragon X. Yeah, I'm having a really hard time finding a good one. Ooh. Minus values, values. Uh, okay, whatever, man. Okay, um, I need some browser catch up, right? 
I'm going to take victory five money long against Dominus. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, don't do it. Don't do it, man. You have your People whole life ahead known. of you, Chris. People have known me to suck this full split, so don't listen to me. I've just tried to catch makeup grounds. Dude. <laughs> I think Mad Lions is a better underdog if you're going to take a big dog like that. Yeah. I just... These are two bottom teams. I just can't understand the line being that far apart. This mm. is victory five, Chris. They'll get one of their victories here. The one and only <laughs> victory less than five wins. I'm betting on the odds that this team will not go winless and that it's it's a very slim hope. Chris, I mean, you might as well just go over the home run. V5 to 2-0 is like plus 50. So just, <laughs> just send it there, I think, here. Yeah, I was good about to ask even that. What's this? What's the minus one point five? Is it like actually like two fifty? Let me take a look. I see plus six sixty three on. Yeah, let me see. No, 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 no. I'm just gonna stick with the money line. I see plus five hundred. Oh my gosh! Okay. This is very tempting. This is very tempting. But no, these are two bottom teams. They'll they'll split this year, and it's good. All right, victory five money line. I can't believe that, but okay. Yeah, so on the uh, on the year, let me move this down. Too uh, bad. On the year, we are nineteen and twenty-one, including guests on the cast. But we are plus four point four five units. I'm seven and three, plus four point six eight. John's four and six for just under even money. Uh, Chris is three and seven, minus two point four eight. Calvin is. Plus three point four six. How is this? This doesn't add up. Am I nuts? Oh yeah, it does. Add up. It does. Add up. Never mind. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, yeah. So, still up on the year, and uh, yeah, we'll hopefully be adding more to that. And you guys got anything else? What do we want to talk? There was a sign. What was the sign-off topic we were going to talk about? I forget. I think we forgot it, and now we've run long. I forgot about it. It's gone forever. Way on uh, is on team sign off. That's for sure. He uh, somehow lost that one for us. We'll see. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's it for us. Um, yeah, enjoy the weekend's game. We, we the last two weeks in the Eastern regions, and then we got playoffs. So enjoy. Keep up with us on Twitter. Um, one shout out to Josh for joining us again. Uh, thank you for stepping in. And I don't know where where can wh- what have you guys been up to other than this? Like, where content wise, what's everybody doing? Like Josh, where can we find your stuff? Plug yourself. Uh, yeah. Plug yeah, all your stuff, I, everybody. I do some uh, day, work for Daily Fantasy Insider, and then uh, writing my first article for Action Network this week, actually. So hopefully, going to oh, get wow. a view of the LEC playoffs and LCS playoffs for this coming weekend. So, nice. uh, keep an eye out for that, and then uh, yeah, Vince and I are going to be tag teaming over there for that. So. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I've been up to. I'm also writing for SGP. Uh, yeah, doing that. And you can find all of us on Twitter, too. So, like, we're all pretty active Twitter users. So, feel free to hit us up. Chris, what, what about you? What's up? Uh, we'll be doing my weekly consultation at A Better Choice Discord channel. Just to go over basics of League of Legends with so many so many people are interested in. Uh, that That's pretty much my week. 
Alrighty. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be it for us. So everybody enjoy the games this weekend. Good luck, and we'll see you on the other side. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.